Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the first podcast of 2024. Tonight's guest, tonight's remarkable guest, is Kiana the Artist. She's a self-taught poet from Atlanta, Georgia, with over a decade of experience crafting inspiring educational poems. She has great stages internationally, sharing her poetry as a dance of inspiration. Kiana's mission as a new artist is to encourage emotional connection, aspiring to be globally recognized. She has shared her poetic success on radio, TV, as well as advocating for experimental forms of expressive arts. She is the author of seven books, including Her Name is Journey and Why We Won't Tell versus Why No One Listens, Better Choice, Better Voice. She's also a current member of Dress for Success. She has a website which you can find listed in the information. She's incredible, and I'd like to welcome you, Kiana, to the program. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Where all your beautiful people are at. All right. All right. right. (laughs) Let's begin this poetic journey. Kiana, what is poetry? What is poetry? It's the inspiration of not just writing, but also therapy. It helps you to overcome overcome just your struggles, but overcome things in life that makes you want to believe in yourself. Poetry is not just writing, but it's also performing. It's also workshops and more. So which of those do you enjoy more? Is it the writing, the performing, or the workshops? Um. I think the performer is more tuned in for me uh, because I express it more, and I know um, words are healing to the soul, and just sitting in a room, letting someone know that you can overcome, you just have to have the tools to do it with. That's beautifully stated, you can overcome but you need the tools to do it with. So based on what you know about the world, your lived experience, why is poetry important? It's very important. It helps with mental. Your mental is more important into the world, especially in today's world. Uh, Most people are dealing with a lot of mental uh, anxiety and depression. Break that down some more for us. Tell us more about that, the the connection between poetry and being able to work through issues, mental issues. 
when you're like overcoming, um, you're mm-hmm. overcoming trauma, you're overcoming childhood trauma, um, you're overcoming um, things that triggers you to the point that, you know, when you're in a room and you're trying to calm yourself down, uh, you get little triggers here and there. But most of the time when it's big triggers, it's like, okay, how do you get your thoughts out onto the paper? How do you um, get your mind to focus and how you're able to um, get a clear understanding how you want to overcome? You know, I believe in promoting good mental health. That is so important that I know Mm -hmm. writing poetry, sharing poetry over the last 25 years or so has really, in many instances, saved my life. Yeah. And I'll tell anybody Mm -hmm. that. I believe Mm -hmm. in, again, the power of poetry to be of assistance to people, whether you share it with anyone or not. Just being able to get it out of your system your head is so important, so important. Kiana, Kiana, please share with me an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power. When I was in high school, and that's when I started poetry, and my high school teacher, she's still alive Mm -hmm. until this day, (laughs) she still calls me too. And she sat with me, and she said, well, you have to do this poem for a grade. And I asked myself, you know, I'm only 15. I'm in the ninth grade, and, you know, I'm trying to stand on stage with all these people I don't know anything about. And she was saying that when you're doing poetry, it elevates. And so when I started, you know, I'm shaking on stage. That's when I started. And I let the poetry run, and then I had a coach. Um, I had my first coach in 2010. That's when I really started. And when my coach came to me, he said, you have 50 people in the room. You have 50 people on one side and 50 people on the other. The 50 people on one side, they might laugh at you. They say, oh, that's not real. That's realistic. He said, forget about those people. But you have the other people on one side that need you. They want you to be, they want your healing. They want your touch. They want to overcome. So those people I have to continue to minister to. Those are the people I got to continue to open up their understanding, help them to overcome. Mm-hmm. The other 50 people, they're just there as a circus. But the other ones that say, hey, I went through what you went through. I need that. Wow. Yes. See, to me, that's empathy. Yes. When mm-hmm. they understand you and you understand them and it's a connection between you two. That your stories may not be totally the same, but there are enough similarities between the two of you that can make a difference. Yes. Yes. You know, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours and what makes them great in your eyes? It would be Maya Angelou. And the reason why she went through, I went through the same similar things she went through 
mm-hmm. um, but a different experience. But I was just like her, silent. And the mm-hmm. silent was, you know, no one hears you. No one cares about you. So why would you have a voice? Why would you have an opinion? And so when I learned in my voice, it's not just me with the voice. There's someone else that want to hear my voice as well. Um, so Maya Angelou was my first one, and then uh, Langston Hughes mm-hmm. uh, and Garavani. Um, so it, you know, in themselves, they had a story, but their story was like, hey, you know, I got a voice, but how do I reach people? How do I reach myself? How do I become myself? Because, you know, sometimes we don't want to be ourselves, but when, you know, when you go into poetry, you're your very, very best self because you're like, hey, this is me. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. Now, yeah. what what do you write about? If you had to pick, let's say, three or four predominant themes in your work, what would they be? Um, the one um, about bullying, um, that would be my first one because um, in today's world, uh, it's more people being bullied like never before. And, you know, you have them in the workplace, you have them in your family, you know, you just, it just, the whole world just bullying. And, you know, you just look at yourself like, how do people bully these people? They don't know these people, never seen these people. They're like, hey, I got to pick on you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the bullying comes from, okay, somebody picked on them. So they got to re- re- recycle it and say, okay, somebody picked on me, so now I got to go pick on someone else. You know, it's a cycle. And some others. What else do you write about? You got bullying? Give me three more. Oh, uh, spiritual, um, my children books, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kid that goes on a journey, inspirational, mm-hmm. uh, you know, self-help, you know, saying A for amazing, B for brilliant, to let children know uh, you are somebody uh, because, you know, children as themselves, you know, they grow into these environments. Um, they don't know who they are. You know, they're in this group, that group, and then they're trying to figure out who they are, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, please share a poem. Sure can. All right. K-E-Y. A-N-A-T-H-E-A-R-S-A-T, Kiana the Artist. I go around the world to tell my story to every girl, for every boy, for every woman, for every man. I go around the world to tell my story all in one. The attitude of character to visible character to visible love to unspoken word. I'm the artist. I'm the artist. He believe in God, believe also in me. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm a woman with faith, with God, with matters to me, with falls in place, to never suggestify what you can become. Every day is a new day. Every day is a bright and sunny day. I tend to be with my friends and become even more. My deepest prayer is to believe in yourself, to judge me because I am black. 
this moment of speech. Now walk in my shoes, now walk in my shoes, now walk in my shoes, now walk in my shoes. My naysayers can't say what to say about you because I am somebody, because I am somebody. To the natural eyes, to the natural lips, I am natural. Decess determines you. Is this mic on? Can I have your attention, please? Words and words and dream reality. So I am here because I'm the next generation. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. the next generation. Wow. (laughs) Perfect form. What is the purpose of that piece for you personally and for your listeners? Um, I wrote that poem, um, corroborated with different poems that I have. Because um, mm-hmm. I come from a back background of artists in my family, so my little brother said, "Sit down and put them all together." And I said, "That's kind of weird, but okay." But I end up doing it, <laughs> and I had a poem, you know, because I have so many. You know, I'll be looking through my book, and like, "Oh man, I got this poem, I got that poem, and this poem," you know. But I just corroborated all my poems into one. So, all right for that one. <laughs> words, repeat lines. Why is that important yeah. to you? Because it made it that much more powerful. But what about those particular lines stand out for you? Those particular, those particular lines, it tells me um, as in myself who I am, uh, especially mm-hmm. when, when you're natural. You know, your life is, you know, you have a natural hair, you have natural eyes, and I put that one together because I know in myself, okay, I'm natural. This is me. This is my character. This is how I develop, you know. And so when I stand out, I say, okay, this is me. So, okay, I have my naysayers. I have all these people. But I know in myself, hey, this is me. So. Wow. So how does a poem begin for you? With with an idea, a feeling? a form, or some kind of image? Sometimes it could be an image or something good or something bad. Um, Sometimes I go by the feeling. So basically, if something good starts to come around, like, okay, I'm going to start writing it. And if something really, really disaster happens, I'm like, okay, I got to get my feelings out on the paper. I got to get this anger out this, on this paper. You know, you know. some people say, oh, that's anger. But then in yourself, you're like, okay. Some people go out and do crime or shoot. But me, I'm at home writing all these angry things in my head, you know. So. Wow. Yeah. Please share another poem. Yes. Journey. This road is called journey as we take this long walk. This journey may seem long. Hey, journey, which way to go? Which way to turn? Hey, journey, is there something up the road? Oh, journey, these burnings are heavy. Why do we have to take these things off? Oh, journey, we got to take God with us. Oh, journey, we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, journey, that is the beginning and the end. Oh, journey is a new start, a new destiny, new people. I'm the journey that's called life. 
Thank you. All right. I need a minute to allow that one to settle in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because life <laughs> yes. Yes. is not always easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if anybody tells you that it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please <laughs> share another. All right. This one calls Everybody Has a Voice. Everybody has a voice. A voice of crying to a voice of shout. Everybody has a voice. To a mother crying tears to a father loud noise. Everybody has a voice. To a young adult getting in trouble with the law. To the college student call for college loans. Everybody has a voice. To a preacher to preach people's souls are justified. Everybody has a voice. Uh, to the White House, to the Congress, to the military, to the dying world, everybody has a voice. To a teacher, to a school, to a school, everybody has a voice. Uh, to a rapper, to a poet, to everybody loves your song, everybody has a voice. To, hey, I'm not getting paid enough to unemployed, to relocate it, everybody has a voice. To gangs in the streets against protests, everybody has a voice. To the pretty long white thing I do, to the newborn baby coming to the world, everybody has a voice. To get in a new trade, to own your own business, everybody has a voice. To be the next top model, to lawyer in the courtroom, everybody has a voice. To let your voice be heard because everybody has a voice. Thank you. <laughs> the way you <laughs> repeat words, the repetition, I really... <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Because to me, it's almost like a cry. Not yeah. shedding tears kind of cry. Not that. That's not yeah. what I'm talking But it's a clarion mm-hmm. call for people to say, hey, these words are important, and I want to emphasize them again and again and yeah. again so that you can understand, mm-hmm. if you can understand. Yes. What I what my story is, what I'm attempting to to relay in yes. terms of the information in this poem. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder. Let me ask this question: Based on what you know about the world and your lived experiences, what you've been through, does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? No, it actually makes me love myself more. It makes me see things more clearly versus uh, having more anger. Um, When I was younger and I went to therapy and the lady kept saying, how do you feel? And I said, I I feel like I'm angry. And that's when I learned, okay, I have to write. Mm -hmm. So when I write, I release a lot of different things that's so balled up, you know, and it helps me more than to um, put myself into, you know, dangerous way out here. Well, so Mm -hmm. as you think about listening to the work of others, are you willing to be hurt by the poetry of others? If not, why not? Um, some poetry that I listen to is inspirational, and then some is just like, oh, wow, you know, so deep. Uh, mm-hmm. But some poetry I do listen to, it does heal me as well. 
because I understand some poets, uh, you know, they're trying to express themselves too. Uh, it might can be on a piece of paper and they going on up there the first time and they have their phone and they just like I'm I'm I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going to do it you know that's how I started to um, open mic and I stand on the stage and I had my piece of paper and my coach said okay we're gonna I gotta coach you now you know uh, and it's so good you know and I'm like man you know. And it's so good. He, he he passed away a couple of years ago. But when I sat with him, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, he said, now we're going to go over this one time. Now, when you do your poetry, you got to do it with your soul. So when you do it with your soul, that's how you really memorize it. You memorize it because you're into your soul versus a piece of paper. And so when I learned it, I'm like, wow. You got to go deep in your soul. So when I'm deep in my soul, I just close my eyes, and it just flows and flows and flows, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, it's a totally different animal when you share your work with others. You can write all day and night, but when you decide to stand up on the stage, whether it's a stage or not, it's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. What? As you think about your beginnings, sharing yeah. publicly, what made you mm-hmm. decide to continue to do that? What was it about it that said, hey, you know, I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to keep going, letting people hear me publicly? When I learned when I was younger and I went through a, a real bad childhood trauma, childhood mm-hmm. life, and was a bit abuse constantly in my family. So I had the generation curse of verbal abuse, um, rape, um, sex trafficking. I came from all that. And so when I sat down with myself and I was in college, tried to do suicide, and the spirit came into me and said, no, I have to use you. And I asked why. He said, this is your gift. This is your purpose, and I have to use you because I have to use you to heal others. At the time, I didn't understand. I'm only like 19 years old, and now that I'm older, I see what they, what the Spirit was telling me. This is my purpose. This is who I am. So I tried to cut it off, but it do not cut it off. <laughs> it stays with me. So, you know. Um, I go other places and different places and other places all over, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is what I was born to do, you know. And I tried so many times. I put it down. Like, I'm going to go do something else. And when I try to go do something else, the door will close and bring me back over here. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and be still. And sometimes it's like you're thinking to yourself, well, man, that door closed, okay. You know, and you're thinking like, man, you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, I'm trying to do this, and okay, now you did what you had to do. Now we got to close that door. We got to put you back where you need to be at, you know. But it is true, you know. I even worked in a warehouse one day, and I broke my foot. And that's when I first wrote my first book at home with a broke foot. 
You know, and it's like in yourself, you like, wait a minute, a broke foot. I even tried to go back to these places, mm-hmm. and my doctor wrote a note. It's like you cannot go back, and I'm like, what? I'm on crutches and everything. <laughs> and I was just at home. I was at home for a whole year with a broke foot. You know, if you think of yourself that. You know, things happen, but it's more of, like you said, you know, it's more of, you know, God and universe trying to push you into your destiny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My first book was Proud Virtuous Woman. That was my first book that I did. Yeah, my, my foot was broke. I was working. I was off for like a week. And I said, okay, you know, you got to add your, your um, vacation up. So my mind said, okay. I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to go back, and I go back and do another break. That's when my little brother was about to graduate from, you know, high school. Mm-hmm. That was in 2014. So I'm like, okay, had it all planned out. When I came back, my foot was broke. I'm working, and they kept asking me, well, did you break it at home? I'm like, no, I'm walking on y'all concrete. I broke my right foot. So, and that's when I went to the doctor, and I said, hello, doctor, you know, can you do this and do that? And he Mm -hmm. said, sure. He wrote a note, was like, "Uh, you got to stay out. And I'm like, okay. Can you let me know when I'm going to go back? He go back, he do another note. So I'm just like, okay, (laughs) you know, in my mind, okay, I got bills to pay, I got to do this, you know. (laughs) Roll another note. So the whole, I even wrote notes to the people and asked them, can I come back? And they said, no, I couldn't come back. They couldn't recommend me for anything. So I was just like, okay. And that whole year, I was out for a whole year. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's your quite purpose, a story. <laughs> I know. When, the purpose, when your purpose is for you, your purpose is for you. And I'm like, that's a cool. broke foot? I'm like, okay, what do I supposed to be doing now with a broke foot? So I'm like, okay, I'm at home. And when I was at home, I was writing like every single day, like nonstop, just writing, writing, writing. And I'm like, then that's when I finished my first book and I had published it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, this is where you want me to be at? Okay, I'm going to be right here, you know. Beautiful. But yeah, I had a broke foot. Yeah, I had a broke (laughs) foot, you know. And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to pay my bills, and you know, I'm working in the warehouse, you know. Oh, and bills. Well, you got a broke foot. You got, yeah, you got a broke foot. <laughs> you know, and it's like when it's like God and universe come together, say, hey, this is where you need to be at. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. But in your mind, you have to worry because you're human. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta worry about this. I gotta worry about that. But I'm gonna go get this. I'm gonna go get that. And your mind is just like all over the place because you know this is what you're supposed to be doing. You know. Yes. And I'm like, okay, you know. Then I wrote seven wow. books, and that's it. And six. And then I said, no, that's not it. I got you some more stuff to do. And I'm like, okay, you know. Wow. Please yeah. share another poem. All right. Amazing. 
amazing. The full of life is amazing. The amazing of grace, the amazing of love, beauty, touch, life, the song. God is amazing. We can wake up and talk. That's amazing. We can go to school. That's amazing. We have food to eat. That's amazing. We have all gifts and talents. That's amazing. Today, God is amazing. We're showing us purpose through him. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be right back. But here's a question that I'd like you to answer when we return. Now, this break is really, really short. It doesn't give you a lot of time. But what I'd like to know is the world we live in, and we've been talking about it, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on, a lot going on. There's the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. What mm-hmm. do you, Kiana, view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Okay, we'll be right back. back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Kiana, the artist. What is the role of a poet in modern day society? Being yourself makes you look into the world as in a creative way. Being just creative, but to understand the pain of others, to know that uh, many are hurting, many are confused, some just trying to make a peace, but it's more of a lot of anxiety, a more pain, especially in the world today, we have more pain than surviving pain. We have more pain than surviving pain. Flesh that out for me. That's a nice concept. Flesh that out for me. Nice statement. You have pain. You know how you have pain, like everyday pain. You you go on to work, you pay your bills, and you don't have that tendency of doing other, like paying everything or just just trying to make it. And then you have the surviving mode which is permit mode that's saying, hey, I got deep pain, but my pain hurts so much 
I'm more to myself than to let others see my pain. Mm. That you're more to yourself than to allow others to be your pain. Yep, to see your pain. Mm-hmm. To see your pain. That's an interesting mm-hmm. phrasing. Wow. Yeah. You write about sensitive topics in your work. Have you yeah. ever faced challenges or criticism for the way that you approach these topics? And how do you navigate these challenges? I had some um, people in my past laughed at me or they'd say, oh, that, that's not realistic and where do you get that from? And, you know, when I look at that, it's not like I'm talking about them. It's like I'm talking to them and I can see their pain before they see their own pain. And like I was telling you earlier, you know, you have 50 in a room. You got, everybody got pain in that room. But the people on one side say, hey, I got this pain. I don't know how to get over this pain. But if you can show me get out this pain, I will walk with you and you will walk with me versus the other people. Oh, that's not realistic. You know, they'll laugh. I'm like, no, nah, that's cool. That you know, But in themselves, they really are hurting, but they don't know how to. They don't, they want to just keep covering up, you know, they call it, you know, back in the day when you got family hurt or anything like that, they tell you to cover it up. So that's how the world we live in now. You cover Mm -hmm. it up, you be okay, no one knows. But then you're walking with all this pain, you don't know where to get it, you don't know how to get it over, you don't know how to get it out because you're just walking, you're walking, uh, they call it the the new world now material thing. You know, I got the mm-hmm. new car, I got the new house, I got the new coat, got the new clothes, I got all this material thing. But then they're empty inside because they like, I I got all this, but I'm still unhappy because they still hurting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me about a poem. Excuse me. That you were proud of writing but afraid to share for fear of misinterpretation? Um, The ones I'm working on um, last year, some of it is a heavy topic, the secret family tree. Um, I've been doing workshops with people with that, and a lot of people love that workshop because it's a lot of people actually going through a lot of family hurt. Right now, like a lot of people hurt, you know, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people got all these secrets so covered up, like so tight, you know, mama say cover up, daddy say cover up, auntie say cover up, you're not supposed to tell nobody, but okay, if you're not supposed to tell nobody, why are you hurting? And when I said earlier, uh, when I came through child, I came through child abuse, Yes. From my mother's side of the family. And when I got out of the abuse, I was 18 and I went away to college. And that's when I started healing. Healing at 18 and 19. I sat in a chair with a therapist and I was just crying, just crying. 
Before that, I went to college, and my teacher told me to write a letter. Write what terrible thing that happened to you. And I wrote it. And when I wrote it, she cried, gave me an A plus, was like, I'm sorry, did this happen to you? And she said, did this really happen to you? And I said, yes. And I said, not only that, it happened in my family. And they had a whole tree of it. And they kept covering it up, covering it up, covering it up. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, I'm 18 learning this stuff. So I had to sit down, sit with the therapist, and I kept telling her, I need medication, I need this. And she said, no, you got childhood trauma. And I said, well, they said I need medication because I, when I was younger, my mom done that. He was in, when I was in school, she was verbal abusing me. So when I would go to school, she's with the system. So when I go to school, she would tell them, hold your head down, don't tell them nothing, don't do nothing. And so they kept putting me in special ed. It said something was wrong with me when nothing was wrong with me. I had a history of verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. I had molestation as well. So when I had those things, I was thinking to myself, something wrong with me. No, they told me to be quiet. If I say something, then I'll go back into that yelling and screaming and you know, I was in foster care, too. So the foster care rescued me. So that's when I rescued me. That's when I learned when I was in foster care, I, I, I was a normal person. You know, I overcame when I was in foster care. But when mm-hmm. they put me back to my mom, it went all back down again. You know, the trauma and all that couldn't. Speak. I was stuttering over words, and I was like, maybe something wrong with me. Nope. Mm-hmm. It was all childhood trauma. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story with me. And you used yeah. the term generational tree. Maybe you yeah. can say generational. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. And I had never heard yeah. that before. Yes. I'm going to read about it on Google tonight, just that term, describing yes. it as a tree that's deep, that's rooted. Yes. I have never heard yes. it expressed like that. Yes. So and thanks the tree for is teaching very me something deep. new tonight. Yeah, because when you go down that tree, you're looking at all the things that happen mm-hmm. in each generation, you know. And so when I was saying earlier, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is normal. It's only This only happened to me. I kept saying, why me? Why me? You know, this happened to me. And then my mom came to me when I was 19. Some, I don't know what it was, but the spirit had to sit her down. Mm-hmm. And she came to me at 19 years old and told me that she was sorry that happened to me. And she said, mm-hmm. it ain't just happened to you, Kiana. It happened to the whole family's tree. Whole family's tree. And I'm just looking to myself like, what? You know, and myself, like, what? This happened to the whole family tree, you know, and I had to go down her tree, and she mm-hmm. was molested. Her mom was molested. It just, it's, 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 it's like crazy stuff, and you just, like, I'm thinking I'm the only one. Like, okay, it's just me. But when she told me the whole tree, that happened to the whole tree, 
And they look at me and say, well, you're the one that got out. Mm. And I said, how did I get out? And it wasn't for me going to foster care. I probably would never got out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you said, sometimes we don't understand why things happen. You mm-hmm. know, I'm only six years old. I'm going to foster care. I'm thinking, did I do something bad? You know, I'm only six years old, you know. Wow. But, yeah, foster care saved my life. I'd like to share a poem with you. If that's Thank okay. you. Mm-hmm. And as I'm finding it, here we go. I'm finding it. When you write poetry, who leads, you or the poem? I was asking. Hmm? What leads me? The poem. The poem leads me. So the poem leads you in the direction it wants to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Flesh it out for me. Like it goes on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. but it's more how do I feel in that moment? So if I write a a good poem, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling happy. And then it's like the words talking to me. Okay. What are they saying? Some of the words, when it's good, is is telling me who I am in the moment of the world and how beautiful I am, how unique I am, how um, touched by people's emotions and um, learning who they are when they emotions when their emotions when they're sad or their emotion is good, I can feel their emotions, you know, because. As a poet, you're emotion, but you connected. You connected with the creative world. You keep, you connected with yourself, and then you connected to um, how the world feels. You know, when it's up and down, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Well, the poem that I'd like to share with you, I wrote mm-hmm. uh, 25 years ago. You see, my first book, my only book. And uh, the title is, To Live a Life in Less Than a Lifetime Takes Less Than a Lifetime to Live. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. To live a life in less than a lifetime takes less than a lifetime to live. I should know. You see, I became a man long before it was the master's plan. As a child, I was up and down, inside and out, round and about. Sometimes I just wanted to stop the world and throw my head back and shout, please stop the world, Lord, and let me be. Why can't I, like other children, age naturally? Yet my childhood was snatched. What seemed to be the drink? 
of an eye, or maybe it was due to that psychological bruise that still lingers on my thigh. I can't remember. Did it occur in late May or early December? All I know is that my childhood is gone. Please, God, won't you tell me what went wrong? Because I've lived a life in less than a lifetime, and it took me less than a lifetime to live. What about you? I heard that you too had lived a life in less than a lifetime and that it took you less than a lifetime to live. Rumor has it that you wanted to remain a child and stay there for a while. Yet, like me, I know that you too have been up and down, inside and out, round and about. Sometimes I watched you and it looked like you wanted to throw your head back and shout and say, please, Lord, why won't you let me be? Why didn't you allow me like other children to age peacefully, but like me, your childhood was snatched at what seemed to be the drop of a hat, or maybe it was due to that emotional scar that still festers in the middle of your back. You don't remember if it occurred in late May or early December, all you know is that your childhood is gone and you want God to still tell you what went wrong because you lived a life in less than a lifetime and it took you less than a lifetime to live. It took you less than a lifetime to live. Love that. Oh, I love that. Let me take a second. Let me take a second and we'll be right back. All right? Thank you. Just need a second. Just need a second. Hold on. Just need a second. Here we go. Thank you, Kiana. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me on to your podcast. Thank you for accepting. Thank you. Thank you. How is your poetic voice different from others, you think? What makes you stand out? Just like a- it's different because it's very unique. Mm-hmm. How so? The, Talk to me. How so? The way you said what again? 
as it talked to me? How, how, what makes it unique? It makes it unique with the rhythm. Okay. And then it makes it unique of a different style that no one ever heard before. So it's, <laughs> it's very different. And sometimes mm-hmm. when I listen to myself, because I record myself and I go back and listen, I'm like, that's me? Wow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but being unique is, is is different, you know, and everybody has their own style. Everyone has mm-hmm. their own uh, way of doing things. So. Yes, it's true. Mm-hmm. You've authored seven books, including Her yes. Name is Journey. Why yes. We Won't Tell, versus Why No One Listens, Better mm-hmm. Choice, Better Voice. Now, I know mm-hmm. based on the uh, proposal flyer that Her Name is Journey is a children's book. What about yes. Why We Won't Tell, Why No One Listens, Better Choice, Better Voice? Is that a children's book as well? Uh, that's an adult book. Um, tell me, tell that me. book was... Um, presented a couple of years ago. Um, it was about people. Um, we live in a world today that, um, like, been molested or raped or um, touched in any kind of way. So I wrote that mm-hmm. book um, containing those people in the world um, saying, hey, you know, if I've been touched or something like that is more of, you know, how do I get out? So basically I'm trapped in this body and this body is not mine. It's a different kind of body. It's not um, like when you said earlier, you know, your childhood been snatched from you. Um, So when people um, go through those situations, they don't have a childhood life, you know, Mm -hmm. they grow up as an adult real quick. You know, I was adult real real quick at 15 years old. Yes. Uh, when my mom left me with her children, and I'm like, okay, I'm 15 years old. You got children raising children, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. what in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I became a dog at 15, you know, I didn't have no childhood life, you know. It, I grew up fast, you know. You and know, when you, yeah. I, I'm a retired professor of counseling, so I train school counselors and community counselors, so mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah. Counseling has always been important in my life. And yeah. I was working yeah. with a young girl. She was 10 years old at a school. So something mm-hmm. told me to ask her, how old do you feel? Mm-hmm. She said, Dr. Ingram, I feel like I'm 25. Now, she was 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you just said. Yeah. Growing mm-hmm. up so fast, not having a childhood, things happening yeah. to her that made a 10-year-old mm-hmm. girl feel like she was 25 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was. I was like, like you said, I was 15, but I acted mm-hmm. like I was, you know, a grown woman, you know, yes. cooking and cleaning. And mm-hmm. I was raising her children like they was my children, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm only 15 years old, you know. And I was working, too, at 15 years old. I was working at my mother's friend's daycare, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm only 15 years old, you know. Like you said, your your mindset was older. And see, I still have an old soul, too, I'm, you know, in my late 30s. But when I see people, you know, my skin color is young. So when mm-hmm. I see people, they look like they say, oh, you look like you're 21 years old. 
Or they say I look like I'm 22, but when I open my mouth, they like, hold up, wait a minute. She's mature. <laughs> She's mature. Like, wait a minute, you know, because I have an old soul, you know. And like you said, when I was younger, I had an old soul. So when I was trying to blend in with children, I couldn't because it was like they would come around me like, you're weird, you know, like. And I'm like, what's wrong? You know, in my mind, I'm I'm 15, I'm 16, I'm 11 and 10, but I didn't, like you say, I didn't have a child body. I had an adult body trying to figure out who I was, you know. And well, it was scary, you know, it's yeah. scary, you know. Yes, I can understand. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why in that particular poem, the one that I shared, I flipped it in yeah. the second verse. To ask you what, yeah. are you, what are you going through? Can you relate to me in any way? Yeah. And to me, that's what mm-hmm. empathy is about. I don't have your story in totality, mm-hmm. but I've been through things myself. It may not have been yeah. horrible, but yeah. I've been through some things. And I know yeah. what that's like. Mm-hmm. Please, share another poem. Yes. Another poem. Okay, let's do one. Um Creativity. Please pass me the mic. I was once called creativity. Creativity, I say. That is who I am. Creativity, creativity, creativity. My naysayers, my haters, and my critics. They cannot control me, telling me who I am, telling me who I am. Creativity, creativity, creativity. That is who I am. My naysayers, my haters, and my critics, they cannot control me, telling me who I am, telling me who I am. Creativity, creativity, creativity. That is who I am, creativity. Thank you. All right. Please share with me five titles of poems in any of your books. Just five titles of any of your poems, actually. Just five titles. Um, Journey, Different, Amazing, Creativity, and All in One. All in One. Mm-hmm. What is what is important about titling a poem? What need? What do we need to think about when we're titling a poem? When we're titling a poem, sometimes, like with me, I probably don't do the title until like after I'm finished with the poem, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, like you say, it's in your head. But it's good to title your poem, is because um, say for instance, someone who wants to listen to that poem. There are no, okay, I'm going to go back to that poem because, okay, they had a title to it. And the title is not just, just with the poem, but the title, it stands out, say, hey, um, I'm writing this poem because this is going to stand out. I'm going to make an example. Her name is Journey. Is a little girl that overcomes self-esteem and bullying. And I wrote her, and her name is Journey is because she's going on a journey but a journey as a little girl, like you said earlier, she wants to be a little girl because she wants to be a little kid. And she she was trying to be a little kid, but she couldn't be a little kid because, like you said earlier, she had a grown spirit or she had a grown body. So I wrote that book because me as a person I didn't have a childhood life. 
But I can understand when I'm around little girls or little boys, they're like, hey, I just want to be a kid, you know. Mm. And being a kid, it makes you want to imaginate. It wants you to play basketball. It wants you to play the play with a doll. And, you know, you want to cry, but it's not saying, oh, you be quiet kind of cry. It's like, hey, I got these emotions and, you know, I want someone to listen to. And, you know, I want to go to the zoo. I want to go to the museum. So the little girl, she's going on the journey, but mm-hmm. she's telling herself, I just want to be a little girl. And mm-hmm. that little book tells her story in the book. She just wants to be her. She just mm-hmm. want to be her. What is the title of your newest work? Um, I got two that's coming out. Um, another kid book, mm-hmm. sister and brother book, and then um, The Secret Family. Those are two that's coming out soon. So The Secret Family, if I were planning to read that book, or anyone actually, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the author. What advice mm-hmm. would you give me before I start reading, if any? What would you learn from it, mm-hmm. and what would you take from it? Okay. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Break it oh. Flesh that out for me. <laughs> I'm a professor. Um, flesh it out. What would you learn from it, and what would you take from it, and then also... If you can stand in my shoes, mm-hmm. that's anybody. Yes. Um, learning from my pain, it wasn't just good pain, but it was more bad pain because it was more of trying to find me. Um, but I know in myself some people can try to find themselves because, you know, you trying to find yourself because in yourself, you know in yourself, okay, this is me. How do I become what I need to be versus um, labels, options, uh, peer pressure, um, bullying, and more? So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've reached my favorite part of the program. I view it as being a mini, M-I-N-I, poetry concert. This is an opportunity for you, Kiana, to share three to five of your works back-to-back with no interruption from me. Kiana, you're on the stage. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm going to share some more of my work with you guys. Different. I was born to be different. When man sees, man sees differently. I was born in a different way. I was taught different, looked different. Look a different way. God said, I'm the head and not the tail. I was born to be different. Understanding conflict. We in this world of today, there's so many conflicts. Conflict with ourselves and conflict trying to understand who we are. Conflict. We're conflict through spiritual and conflict through religion. We're conflict trying to understand who we are. Conflict. Conflict, conflict, conflict. We're trying to understand the conflict of peace. The conflict of telling ourselves that we are somebody. 
conflict, conflict, conflict. We turn off the light, we turn the light on, and there's conflict. Looking in the mirror of trying to understand why we live in this world with so many conflict. Sometimes we think high, sometimes we think low, but in ourselves we're trying to figure out why it's so much conflict. We twist and turn and trying to make sure we understand Understand who we are, understand that we're just not just here for a moment, but we're here to understand how to breathe this conflict. Many times the conflict is wrong, sometimes the conflict is bad, but sometimes we got to understand why the conflict begins to stay in this conflict moment. Journey. Her name is Journey. I'm this little shy girl that's called Journey. See, I've been called Journey all my life. How I known to be pretty because of the dark skin and pretty long hair? See, I'm pretty just the way I am. I'm this little shy girl that's called Journey. Hey, Journey, do I change the color of the rainbow? Do I change the color of my skin? See, I'm pretty just the way I am. I'm the little shy girl that's called pretty. Hey, pretty, do I wear jeans or do I wear a skirt? See, I'm pretty just the way I am. I'm the little shy girl that's called pretty, pretty, pretty. I'm the little shy girl that wants to fit in all the right places. See, I'm pretty just the way I am. I'm the little shy girl that's called pretty, pretty, pretty. I'm the little shy girl that wants to fit in all the right places. See, I'm pretty just the way I am. I'm the little shy girl that's called pretty, pretty, pretty. I'm the little shy girl that's called pretty, 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 pretty. I think that'll be it right now. That's it right. right now. <laughs> All right. <Okay>. All right. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself in terms of being a poet? Who are you as a result of being a poet? That being the ability to love myself, um, to know that I have a purpose on this earth, um, and knowing that when I was younger, having low self-esteem because I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I put more confidence in myself, I know in myself, loving myself is the most beautiful thing in the world when you want others to love you, but when you learn how to love yourself, it goes a mile away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you view your ability to write poetry as being a creative gift or a creative art? I think it's a creative gift. Talk to me. I think it's more a creative gift, um, ability to write and 
when I was younger, I used to like stutter over words and and I didn't understand what that meant. I said, well, I'm always stuttering. Mm-hmm. And then I started twisting the words and the poetry came out. And many people say, you sound like a rapper. And I could say, yeah, because, you know, most rappers had a lot of stuttering and writing problems. And, and I'm like, man, how do they do all that, you know? But it's more of a gift um, versus anything else, you know. When you have this gift, you're thinking, I just give it away. <laughs> but it sits right back in your lap, you know. So do you think you were meant to be a poet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, you said that <laughs> with everything, with conviction. <laughs> Tell me why. Why? Because when I sit on that stage, it just flows. Mm -hmm. It flows with the the gifts, the talent. It glows to when I open up my mouth, someone is being healed. Um, Healed to when they go home, they're thinking about what I said versus I'm saving someone's life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, and I understood that too. A couple of years ago, I'm saving mm-hmm. somebody's life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we've reached the end of our poetic journey. Where can you. your books be purchased? Um, yes, my books will be purchased on Amazon. Um, just type in my name, Kiana the Artist, K-E-Y-A-N-A dash T-H-E-A-R-S-A-T mm-hmm. on Amazon. Wow. Where do you go from here? What's next for you creatively? Um, that's a good question. I don't know yet. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> I don't know yet. Right. It's, okay. it's going to be a venture, you know, mm-hmm. starting out this year. It's, it's going to be a venture. You know, I I asked the other day, I'm like, okay, what's next for me? You know, new people, new um, adventure with different things, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. When you said the mental health thing, yes. um, I'm waiting for someone to contact me back for that one. I got mm-hmm. waiting for that. You know, um, mm-hmm. last year I did get nominated um, for Spoken Word Artist of the Year. That was last wow. year. Congratulations. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, that was a big one for that. You know, you know yes. I didn't get a chance to Beautiful. win the award, but I did okay. get nominated for the award. So that, okay. I was really pleased with that. I'm like, what? Fantastic. Wait a minute. Yes. And it was Fantastic. in January 23. It was like the first week of January. And I'm like... My friend said, wait a minute, how you become spoken word of the year? It's just beginning. I said, hey, that's what they did, you know. (laughs) That's fantastic. I think you are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Your work, like I said again, it transcends space and time for me. Mm -hmm. It makes me think about a lot of things. You know, and it's important to think about the things and also to grow from what you've experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we both 
have lived lives in less than lifetimes. And it's yes. taken us both less than lifetimes to live them. But yes. everything, everything still is going to be all mm-hmm. right. Yes. That's what I believe. And that's true. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. And I think your work helps people process that. Yes. Mm-hmm. To hang in there. Despite the yes. odds and difficulties you may have had, it may still still have, and mm-hmm. through poetry, allow it to serve as a vehicle for expression. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're great. Thank you. And I'm so glad our paths have crossed through. Thank you. Yes. Mr. Rawls. Wow. Rawl James. All right. He's the man. He recommended you, and I'm so glad he did. Thank you. (laughs) To everyone, I'd like to thank you. This is the first show of the new year and the first show under our new name, Quintessential Listening, Poetry Online Radio, and YouTube. So there's a lot of information to come. So as I share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, Kiana. Thanks again. Good night. Bye-bye. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.